we overrank like the importance of changing your mind when it comes to running a small business. I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, there's actually no reason other than ego marketing something and pretending you're excited about it when actually just really desperate to make sales. It's not cute. <laughs> it's not the vibe we're going for. If you are feeling a creative evolution coming or crave more creative moments, then you are going to love this conversation with, as featured in Vogue, Nerissa Pratt. Nerissa is a maker and the artist formerly known as the Bargello Edit, founder of the Untitled Project, author whose unapologetic creative enthusiasm is both contagious and energetic. In this episode, Nerissa and I chat about feeling upwards and the feelings that come with that, making creative decisions, changing our minds and embracing your creativity wholeheartedly. We also cover our wider dialogue for Beyonce and Nerissa's iconic renaissance moment. Hey Nerissa, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm feeling quite low energy today, so I feel like this creative chat has come at the perfect time and you've got to pick me up. No pressure. (laughs) Do you want to take a moment to introduce yourself to any creative babes who haven't come across you before and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Narissa. Hi. Um, I run a multitude of businesses, but my my babies are Untitled Project, which is a PR marketing and social media agency for creatives. Um, and then also soon to be relaunched, uh, the artist formerly known as the Bargello Edit, uh, which was my needlepoint brand that I've run for the last three years, but it is going to become something else uh, in the next couple of weeks, which I think we're going to talk about today. Um, and then I'm also a creative content maker. So anything to do with crafting, I'm into it. <laughs> we actually first connected back in 2021 when you were at Creative Babes Club, stallholder in my online market day era. Yeah. And that was as the Bargello edit. And ever since, for me, seeing your creative journey, the creative opportunities you've had and the projects you've been working on has been such a joy to follow along with. And I find it so inspiring because I am one of those gals who is always reminding myself, oh, I need to take time for myself to be creative and fill up my cup. So seeing your different personal projects and the ones you do for your businesses is such a booster for me. Oh, I'm so glad. That makes me really happy. (laughs) So from the launch of your Bargello edit book, growing your PR marketing and social media agency, Untitled Project, like you've mentioned, to collaborating with big brands like Hobbycraft, how does it feel actually having those projects and opportunities day to day? Um, it's really exciting. I mean, uh, it's it's difficult because I'm one of these people that I really, really struggle to enjoy the moment. Uh, so similarly to what you're saying about making time, I don't really make time to celebrate sometimes. So I don't know. It's difficult because I am one of these people that if I decide I'm doing something, it's happening. So when it does happen, I'm kind of like, oh, OK, just as I thought which then tends to mean that I don't take time to kind of revel in that and enjoy the fact that I've achieved something, which actually to other people might be a a massive deal. That's definitely something I'm trying to work on is to like enjoy my successes more. As far as actually working on things, it's exciting. I literally get to craft for a living. So if I wasn't excited by that, then I'd definitely um, (laughs) have to kind of check into a few things. But 
it's one of those feelings where it feels very fulfilling to do something you love I'm sure you resonate with that because you're doing something you love you know right now and beyond that but yeah it's just it's just one of those weird things it's just what I do so I don't yeah <laughs> I know for me I'm a very ideas oriented person and I have to really get my shit together with the actioning and really hold myself accountable with doing the thing so I'm quite the opposite where you feel I'm doing this it's happening now I'm going to go for it (laughs) it's almost like my baseline is that I need a bit of a kick up the bum and to be like right we've got this great idea let's run with it and see what comes from that yeah, and I, I hate to use the word normal, but I do think that that's probably the normal way of approaching things. The problem is for me is I know that if I don't tackle it the minute I have it in my head, it will never get done. I know I really, really want to do it and I'm really excited about it. But if I don't engage with it at that exact moment, you will never hear me talk about that thing ever again, which is it's a very exhausting way to operate. So my big thing for this year is just slowing down and actually setting myself boundaries. So, you know, talking about this relaunch, there's about 500 different ideas I've had. But actually, because I've made myself a promise, I would not make any changes or announce anything in January. 30 days of time is actually a really long time when it comes to making you think differently with hindsight in mind I've actually been able to make quite a sensible decision and all of the thousands of things that I thought that this relaunch was going to be they aren't now because I've got I've kind of moved on and gotten over it so I'm trying to be more present in my decision making and take time over things and be comfortable with not having the answers straight away which is quite scary for me to be honest so I feel like if we met in the middle We'd be in a really good place. We'd be the perfect creative. We'd be the perfect business owner if we met in the middle. (laughs) I love that. I really do think there is, with that slowness and the intentional mindset and just being about creative ideas or projects or, you know, I think that really allows for it to be an organic process and a sustainable like longevity as well in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword because being creative is a joy, but also being creative is, it's a lot of work sometimes because it's got so many ideas and so many ways to be creative. Mm. And you're in your head so much as well. I know for you, you work with people that we can talk about as well, but I am purely myself. And unless I'm doing an opportunity with someone or collaborating on a certain thing, I am in my head a lot. So that's why journaling's like, it needs to happen or and it's one of my toxic traits where I'll be like oh I don't need to do that and then I'll get out of that habit and then I'll start writing again even if it's just because I'm very much like when I'm writing I just literally write what I'm thinking it's not structured I don't necessarily have prompts or anything it's just like a big mind dump so I know for me when I'm navigating those questions of is this a good idea for me is it a good idea for right now there's so many things that we could be asking ourselves when we're having these pulls to do something different or new I wonder would you like to share more about the Bargello Edits new era that shift and what prompted that for you yeah so to do that we kind of have to go back a little bit for background because I'm sure there are lots of people listening who have no idea number one what Bargello is or number two who I am But I basically launched my business because when the pandemic happened, I was freelancing and kind of doing all the things that I'd dreamed of doing. And one of the first things to go when there's a crisis budget is PR and marketing. So 
I always, it's not even a joke, but I always joke that the week before lockdown, every single day I lost a different client. So by the Friday, I had nothing, like no work. And I'm not someone who tends to, as we've discussed, like sit around and feel sorry for myself. So I was like, what can I do to kind of keep myself sane? Because I don't know why, but I always kind of felt like the pandemic wasn't going to be a quick one and done. Maybe it's because I'm a pessimist. I don't know. <laughs> um, so what happened was I started just doing mindful crafting to try and look after myself and then shared that on social media and Bargello, which is a form of needlepoint, it, it just blew up. Like people were so interested to know what it was because people were sat in front of their phones and had nothing better to do or whether it was just because it was quite a niche thing to be doing. And my marketing brain was like, hello. <laughs> so um, I started teaching online workshops, sending people supplies uh, out of you know, I was paying full price for stuff. I didn't even pay for anything wholesale. So I don't even know if I made any money from that, to be honest. But it was really joyful. And it was a really great way to connect with my community at a time where I was really missing in-person crafting and connection. I was doing that for about three or four months. And then one day I got an email from a publisher asking me if I wanted to front a book uh, on the subject. So, of course, I said yes. That was on the Monday. And then on the Friday, I got an email from Kirsty's Handmade Christmas asking me if I wanted to go on there too. So it was like the craziest week. And um, I kind of just lent into it. But my brain knew that I was doing something quite niche. And when my book came out, no one would know what it was. So I sort of spent the year that it took for it to come out building a brand around this this niche, around this craft and building a community. And I think that's where we met. You know, it's been amazing. But I've got to be honest, the last year has been one of the hardest business years of my life. Now, I know I'm not the only small business person that said that or is going to say that. But what I have felt is just exhaustion and drain. And I basically feel like I'm flogging a dead horse <laughs> at this point. You know, sales have dried up, but also my passion for the craft has is really dwindled. And it just doesn't fulfill me in the way that it does anymore. And I experienced quite a lot of burnout last year and, and things like that. So I just got to the point where I was like, Narissa, you don't need this to earn a living. I'm lucky enough that my marketing agency is what pays my bills. So yeah, so I just got to a point where because my marketing agency is what pays my bills and my freelance work, I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, there's actually no reason other than ego to be doing this because what I was worried about doing was going on Instagram where no one really cares apart from me and being like, hey, guys, I've failed, which is actually not the case. But that's what we build it up to in our heads. Right. So last year I did it. I just made the decision to just say how I was feeling. And so many people resonated. But also, I think my customers were really understanding and something I've always prided myself on is being really transparent with my customers. It's what I appreciate from businesses. So I know it's what my customers appreciate, too. And so for me, I just thought I'm just going to be really honest. And what has happened since then has just been a really natural progression into closing down that business and just thinking about what it is that makes me happy and what it is that actually my happiness can then translate to as something that customers will enjoy. Because that's actually what made the most sales for me when I started the business. And I think me losing the will to live with it has translated, if I'm being completely honest. So yeah, a bit of a long story, but that's kind of where I'm at as at the point of recording this. Um, I'm kind of ready to step into this newness. I know I want to have this creative outlet, but I need to own the creative outlet rather than it owning me, which is, I think is where I was previously. 
It's definitely tricky when I think creativity thrives when you're feeling like safe, confident. I know when I was in my online market days, which turned into physical market days, I was because I had this long period over the social distancing times of daydreaming about this moment when I could take the virtual events IRL. Then when it came to it and it wasn't quite sitting in the same way, it was really disconcerting and really jarring because I'd built it up so much in my head that I almost couldn't recognise the uncomfortable feelings that were coming up. Yeah. So I know that when we have this intuitive pull to do something different on you, it can go either way. And it sounds as though you've had a real healthy approach. It might not have been like about 100% behind the scenes. Oh, but No, absolutely <laughs> it hasn't. <laughs> not only the creative element of I'm not feeling creative, so I can't really conduct my business in the most aligned creative way. There's also for me that financial aspect where it was like, well, if you're not doing the pop-ups, where's your money coming from? I was like working and marketing and talking to people more so from a place of fear, stress, desperation, worries, desperation. And that I feel like although that can be a great motivator, it can also be really stagnating as well. Is that something that you connect with? Yeah, definitely. I, there's a tipping point. We, we start a business because we're passionate about something, right? But there's definitely a tipping point where marketing it it becomes a job so it was one of the things I get asked a lot so I teach a lot of workshops it's like one of my favorite things to do about running the business and one of the things I get is oh my god this is so dreamy like you must do this all the time and I'm like no this is the first time I've done it since the last time I taught a workshop and all I'm doing is getting you started on the basic stitches so there's a point that you have to be comfortable with where your hobby is no longer your hobby and 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 this might just be me speaking from my own experience but Like, for example, you know, I love sewing. I could never start a sewing business because I know once I do start it, that hobby's over for me because I just don't see, I don't all respect to people who can disconnect from something they're really passionate about (laughs) um, and do it. But yeah, I don't know. It just marketing it, I think, is what killed it for me is like having to be passionate about something. It's like that whole forced fun thing, isn't it? I think marketing something and pretending you're excited about it when actually just really desperate to make sales it's not cute (laughs) it's just it's not the vibe we're going for (laughs) yeah it comes from a totally different place and in a different feeling and intention I totally relate to that I was talking to a friend the other day about how my personality and mindset really doesn't like like being young and on school trips or going out for the day and there's like a schedule and a timeline and do you have your free time here it's uh, we're going to play a game now and it's going to be really fun there's something in me that really pulls away from that similar but also not similar it's just a little yeah I love that meme that's like I'm all down for being spontaneous but what time does the spontaneity start like that's (laughs) that's definitely me I'm like yeah let's go wild but at nine o'clock right (laughs) yeah my anxious brain is not down for spontaneity I wish it was but oh god no not who I am no don't worry yeah it makes I start getting sweaty palms like okay so with this announcement and telling your community and audience that there's going to be a change and you know I'm feeling this pull to do this how did you feel after announcing that was it like a weight off your shoulders absolutely I think it's something that 
I announced in October, I, I want to say late October, but it's something I'd been thinking about doing for the best part of last year. And actually the, the most difficult part was just doing it. And as soon as I did it, I was kind of annoyed with myself because I was like, you could have had a much less stressful year without this. Um, but yeah, like you said, it was like a weight was off immediately. And all I've felt since is nothing but you're making the right choice. You're making the right choice. Like it's just and a lot of things have happened since that. I'm just like, yeah, another reason why I should have done this. Another reason why for me currently, no regrets. <laughs> uh, let's see. But yeah, I just think for me. I listen to my gut a lot. It's how I've gotten to where I am. And it hasn't let me down so far, knock on wood. So, you know, I think uh, it was it was the right thing to do. Mm. I think it's easy for us to forget as creatives and business owners that is easy, well, I say easy, quotation marks, easy as it is to make the decision. You can also change your mind and make a new yeah. decision in the yeah. same way. It's such a weird thing, isn't it? It's almost like um, we over-egg like, the importance of changing your mind when it comes to running a small business. Because actually, like I said, I made the announcement and people were really nice, but in the grand scheme of things, as long as they can still get passion-filled craft projects from me, they probably don't care. And actually, the same as I'm maybe a little bit bored of doing the same things, they're probably bored of the same, seeing the same things from me. So actually... They're about to get more variety. They're about to get more of the stuff that were my biggest sellers last year. So like the fabric collection that I launched, it sold out in a week. You know, that was my most, that was literally the only thing that kept the business going for longer. They're going to get more of that this year, like two or three more collections. So, you know, they're getting all that they love and more. So it's it's just, you you just project your feelings onto your customer or what will they think, or, or they won't like this. But it's not up to us to decide how they feel. And the only way you can find out how they feel is by, you know, putting it out there. So it's probably the best decision I made in 2023 is just making that announcement. Because mm. it's so close to you. It's so personally a part of your creative being. So that, yeah, I think it is only natural that we put so much weight on it. Yeah. Whereas your community love what you do but for different reasons that you love doing it and starting it in the first place yeah definitely definitely so how has your attitude wrapped around the idea of failure the failing upwards concept yeah I think when I first started I was quite hard on myself like I, I really felt I was coming from this place of failure and actually I think my instant reaction was to make sure that the newness that I'm launching was ready the second I made the announcement so it was almost like people didn't have enough time to think oh she's done this for whatever reason but actually what I think was really good was number one just not having enough time to be able to do that but number two like just actually fighting every instinct I had and holding off like I said, no no one cares that much. Like people have got so much going on in their life, so many awful things going on in the world. The fact that I might not bring in any needle point kits this year is not, like people are not going to be awake at night thinking, oh God, Narissa hasn't released a Bargello kit for six. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not that deep. And I think I can almost laugh at myself now, which I think is the right thing to do because it just really isn't that, that big a deal. I'll either come back with, a vengeance and it will be really exciting and actually I've even said to my husband already and maybe this sounds quite flippant but I, I think I'm just really comfortable now if by the end of the year 
I feel any sort of way like I did last year I'll just be like do you know what this is just not working full stop and I'm done now because I think that that's okay it doesn't mean I failed it means actually what I've done is I've I've recognized what I need and I've also recognized when something doesn't work and that isn't a failure that's actually a massive learning and learnings are what help us to create more success so it, it wasn't easy at first, but I think I'm definitely in a much better headspace. And that's because I don't have this weight. When you were speaking there, I definitely thought it is not just failing, which it is. And I think there's definitely a stigma or a narrative around failing. Not only are you failing, you are succeeding better. And yeah, OK, maybe I feel sort of like, oh, it's a bit sad and all of that. But if I hadn't have done, you know, if I hadn't have shared on social media, if I hadn't have done those workshops, if I had, you know, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have collaborated. I wouldn't have featured in national press. I wouldn't have written a book. There's so many things that if I, as much as there's negatives, of course there are. There's so many things that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have gone on this journey. Yep, the journey's come to an end. That's disappointing. But it, it is literally just that. It is just the end of one journey and hopefully the beginning of a really exciting new one. You can't put your energy into new things that are meant for you or I know that whenever I've been holding on to an old goal or something that isn't working anymore, you have a lot of energy and focus placed on that area and it's taken up a lot of headspace, it takes up a lot of, I think it impacts your physical, mental well-being and health as well. Absolutely. So that when you... So that when you can, even if you lift your foot off the pedal that tiny bit, that allows for either your clarity in what you want to come to you, there'll be space for those opportunities to come to you as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just we're so focused on things sometimes that we don't realise actually what opportunities we are missing because we're so focused on one thing. I think even like people obviously don't that don't know that there's like newness coming and stuff the amount of people that have reached out and been like oh could you come and teach a workshop here or could you be part of this when I've explained to them they're like oh that's amazing actually that that's way better for the thing I'm doing and can you actually do x y and z as well so it's been really positive because actually I was doing something so niche before that it kind of did mean that they were I had to be very specific on you know what I was able to offer or what it was I was doing whereas now they're like oh I didn't know you had uh, a social media following that loves watching your craft project. Actually, could you bring that to the table? So, you know, it's one of those things where I was so focused on the negative of it. I wasn't looking at what other opportunities were around me. And probably because I didn't seem interested, a lot of them weren't coming to me either, which is, you know, annoying. But also, you know, we know now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's real comfort in the fact that the amazing ideas or maybe the ideas that are feeling less amazing in the present, you can have bigger and better or more aligned ideas tomorrow or other people can show you a new idea in a way that you haven't thought of today. And I think there is comfort in that and because it is a daunting thing, like we're not sugarcoating the feelings and the mindset wobbles that can come up during these transitions because it is huge at the end of the day it yeah. is your day-to-day -day, it's your life your livelihood well done for taking that jump because it, <laughs> honestly sometimes you because you're so involved in the day-to-day -day process of it you may not step back and think oh actually 
for me for making that decision and doing it for myself and if like if anyone's listening to this and it's resonating honestly the best decision I made was just making that announcement your announcement might not be closing down your business it might be that you want to change in direction or you've been wanting to introduce a new product this is your sign to do it because honestly mentally and also in terms of where I'm at with my business I've never been in a better place and I think that that's because I took the risk um ate the frog as it were and just did it and now I think I will I think the universe has got my back I think I will um to be honest like I see 2024 as the year that I'll sort of reap the benefits of taking risks as they maybe seemed to be to me before um last year so yeah take this as a sign do it stop procrastinating get it done (laughs) absolutely because at the end of the day you take everything you've learned everything that went right that went wrong every skill you take that into your next chapter and next thing it's not like you're abandoning your whole self and evolution from that something that really stuck in my head from I think late last year when I was going through a personal um, evolution transition, it was brought to my attention that not making a decision is still making a decision. And that haunts me to this day. Yeah. Although you can feel paralysed by fear or whatever it might be, it's still a decision not to make a decision. So, yeah. And I think, to be honest, it's interesting that it has that effect on you because I see it the other way. And I think maybe that's why I'm a bit more sporadic shall we say with my decision making is because like you said it is still making a decision not doing anything is also still an action it's still a way of being so I'd rather shit or get off the pot basically uh, for want of a better phrase of saying it it's interesting to see how other people resonate with something like that though we're obviously both very different people in the way we operate right (laughs) I'm going to take a slight detour and turn in this conversation, but it's a very serious matter. And Let's do it. Let's, you know, embrace it with the honour and, re- and respect it truly deserves. <laughs> As a member of the Beehive and a Beyonce star, <laughs> it would be great not to bring it up. Can we please talk about your iconic Renaissance Vogue-featured outfit I mean come on I'll be honest I'm shocked we've been recording for this long and I haven't brought it up it's probably the longest I've gone without talking about it to be honest um of course we can you should be surprised I'm not wearing it underneath this I'm the biggest Beyonce fan I I go as far as to say I'm one of the biggest Beyonce fan and um I managed to get tickets to go and see the Renaissance tour last year and I was like I need Beyonce to know who I am and I can't die knowing that she doesn't know who I am so where most people were picking cute outfits I was like I'm literally going to go as Beyonce (laughs) um, bear in mind I only went to like the third or fourth tour date I forensically crafted um, and recreated her custom Loewe bodysuit from scratch and in four days it had something like three million views across the entire series that I posted on TikTok there were people at the show literally asking to have a photo with me because they've been following the journey. It was crazy. It's the closest I'm ever going to feel to being Beyonce. And Beyonce didn't notice me. <laughs> but to be honest, it's had yes. so many views on social media. And I feel like Beyonce works hard, but her team works harder. Someone's shown her. So in my mind, my delusional mind, she knows who I am now and I'm happy. But two, so about 10 days later, I got a DM and I thought I was being catfished. 
and it was from someone saying that they write for US Vogue and would I be interested in being featured like anyone ever says no to that they interviewed me on making my outfit and I am now as seen in Vogue which I literally do not shut up about so yeah that's just incredible I mean I completely agree the team has shown her like this woman is all but everything she's too clever and too much of a genius to not have eyes and ears everywhere I am still very heartbroken at the fact I didn't manage to get tickets crazy thing is is that everyone who was near us was like oh yeah I bought my tickets yesterday because I think everyone was reselling them so yeah we know now next time just don't swear if you don't get them get them like the week before you're going we're we're not going to have another renaissance without you Alice (laughs) if you ever just want me to come to your house in my outfit and just perform for you I'm more than happy to do that like just as a mate you know (laughs) I just know you're prepared I know you know the choreo all the dance breaks. Of course. <laughs> the funny thing is, is when I was at the show, um, I was in the outfit and she doesn't come out in it straight away. And there was a woman stood next to me who told me she she couldn't get tickets for Paris. So she'd come to the UK show and she was stood next to me. Beyonce came out in the outfit and the French woman looked at Beyonce and she looked at me, looked back, looked at me. And then she went, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> I was like, I mean, it's a fair it. question. She's she's not wrong, um, but again, I always say that all of my um, all of my craft projects, I have all the raw materials and an abundance of delusion and audacity. That's how I get anything done. Some people stuck up on glue sticks. I stuck up on audacity. That's how I get things done. I love that so much. Express. <laughs> I might but get no, a t-shirt did... made. Yes, I need one. I did go <laughs> to the um, cinema experience a bit. Yeah, I, I didn't go. I feel like I got my moment and a part of me was healed. Oh, all right. This is where I could go off on so many tangents, but I'm going to really rein myself in. <laughs> so we can talk about this another time. With your creative projects, whether it be creating your clothes or, you know, crafts, I watched your, um, I called them hammer beads, like the iron in yes. beads. Yeah. I watched that of yours the other day and I thought, oh, that's so nostalgic. I really need to get this. Because honestly, isn't it wonderful like how you think of a certain craft or creative activity and you're like drawn back to like a past self? Hundred percent. Well, let me just tell you firstly, this is an exclusive. This is a a podcast exclusive. So the direction that my new brand is going in is so I have quite a lot of like ADHD hyperfixations on things, which you may have noticed from following me. But actually, I was like, instead of working against my work style, why don't I just work with it? So the hammer beads, and I, I'm recording them ironing beads because mine were like off, off brand ones. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to get sued by a hammer. Um, but what I'm planning on doing is bringing out limited drops of just fun projects that people can get involved in. And I may or may not have some ironing beads and projects on their way. That's an exclusive just for you. Um, we'll hook you up. Don't worry. <laughs> Some people have cool things like giving you cash or getting you access to events. I can get you hammer beads. You're welcome. No, no, no. no. I'm not having that. You are featured in Vogue related to Beyonce. You don't have to be cool again in your whole entire life. I'm Beyonce adjacent now. (laughs) I'm glad it made you feel something. I got really excited and I tried to convey that in my content. I'm very enthusiastic about things. And actually, I think that's what's helped me to grow social media. I think specifically on TikTok, 
the kind of storytelling element and the excitement a lot of my comments like if you go and look are always like your enthusiasm so infectious like I love how like excited you are by this yeah I think there's definitely a narrative in the world we live in that it is not cool to be that honestly excited about things and maybe it's slowly changing but even just like connecting with that younger creative self in you that's so nurturing and for me it feels really um healing in a way yeah yeah I think the problem is for me is my personality type is like human Labrador. It's not something that I can switch off. So, and also I've never been cool. I'm never going to be cool. I'm cool. And I think the thing is, is as soon as you call something cool, it's not cool anymore anyway. So I'm kind of of the opinion that I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And if you think it's cool, then that's great. I'll take that win. And if you don't, as long as I enjoy doing it, I don't really care. Um, there's a lot of things I do care about you know people that are like I don't care and then they do I'm definitely that person when it comes to being cool I know I'm not what young people or cool people would consider to be but also like who is what normal person do you know that is like 10 out of 10 cool it's just not worth worrying about it's just it really just isn't cool is subjective absolutely and Beyonce thinks I'm cool, so that's all that matters. You know, I, I, truly, I was holding my tongue there because I thought, oh, another Beyonce reference. Like, no, it's raining, raining. With these creative outlets that you have with your TikTok content and the different projects you do, how do you find your inspiration? How do you keep those creative juices flowing in between running your business day to day? The audacity definitely has a big part to play in that. I think for me... I'm not someone who is very good at being still. I'm not someone who enjoys exercise. I'm not someone who can meditate. I really struggle with those kinds of things. And so for me, craft is my kind of therapeutic outlet. I'm very lucky I'm married to someone who, if we're sat watching a TV programme, he knows I'm going to be sat there crocheting or doing needlepoint or something. And that's very much just a part of our lives. I'm also really lucky that I'm married to someone who has his own hobbies. So we have been known on a Friday night to be like, should we go upstairs and then Matt will go and play on his PlayStation and I'll go and sew (laughs) and that's like our idea of a fun night and then we'll be like we'll both stop at 10 and just like watch something together so I'm really really lucky that I'm with someone who embraces everything that I am and that I do because we are really opposite like he is not me (laughs) because that would be chaos if we were both the same person and so I think it's environment I think environment has a big factor in that because it's embraced in my home Um, I was also brought up like it as well. My mum's an artist. So, you know, instead of watching TV, we were always being creative. And yeah, like I said, it's just I'm I'm inspired by everything. And if it's something that I feel that with my hands I can recreate or um, put my own spin on, I just don't see why I wouldn't do that. Obviously, there's within reason, you know, I'm not about to start my own like jewellery silversmithing or something like that. But you know, if it's sewing an outfit because I'm inspired by a ready-to-wear piece and I can do it and it's in my power, I'm going to do it. So, yeah. Amazing. When we're able to feel full in our creative cup, or at least as much as we possibly can in the moment, that brings so much energy and clarity and just space for everything else that we have to do day to day. So to hear that you have that environment is really, it's comforting actually. Because I know it's not always possible for everyone. It's not possible all of the time. If you're listening and you're feeling like I need that moment, that time to have some creativity for myself and just try something, 
first of all, go and check out Narissa's content because I'm sure you'll get some juicy gems to try. Give yourself that time and space too. And if it doesn't go to plan, there's no stress or pressure. Because I do think we can over, almost like overhype something that it has to be looking and feeling and you have to feel a certain way to do something. And it's just... Well, look at the hammer beads. That is literally children do that. But I cannot tell you the joy that I felt just doing something that I could do in half an hour that when I was done, I could either walk away from it. It doesn't have to, it's not that deep. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I had a spare 15 minutes. So I cut out a sewing pattern, started putting in duck. It doesn't have to be that. Sometimes it can be something really, really simple. It doesn't even need to be creative. Maybe your outlet is that you love reading, but you've let that slip. Just make that 10 minutes. All of us can do anything for 10 minutes, right? So I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know you need it and you know you've been neglecting it in most cases actually even if it's once a week it is like free therapy I say three <laughs> like I don't spend a fortune on hobby craft <laughs> but it is for me like I wouldn't I couldn't be without it. I, it it stresses me out the idea of not being able to do it where can people find you connect with you work with you in some way in 2024 oh I'm everywhere um <laughs> Probably the best place to signpost you to currently is just my personal socials because everything is linked there. I'm Narissa Pratt on Instagram and Narissa explains it all on TikTok. If you want to work with me in a marketing capacity, you can have this energy thrown at you to help you strategically. As I say, there will be a refreshed brand coming at you very, very soon. I think by the time this is out, I would have shared some news. So yeah, I'm everywhere. You can't get rid of me. I'm, I'm, I'm easy to find. <laughs> I am so excited for this new chapter for you and your creative outlets and brands. What does being a creative babe mean to you? I will summarise it in one word. Everything. Oh. <laughs> Please take a moment for that. Thank you so much, Narissa. Thank you.